Spider-Verse! Welcome to episode 15 of the Italian Spider-Man Coalition podcast. We are a Spider-Man-themed podcast with a Goomba twist and proud members of the Batman Podcast Network, hosted by BatmanOnFilm.com. Uh, check out all the other great podcasts on the network by going on over to BOF, clicking that podcast drop-down, and just picking from the utter buffet of fabulous shows on the network. I am one of your co-hosts uh, for the Coalition. I am the Consigliere. I am Peter M. Vera, and today I cannot record alone, but we are not a full family. Uh, Papa Webbs is out taking care of some business. So, some business, some some some, business. some deep business, some complicated business. We only got a few. So details. I got the captain with me, young Nico Caruso, Chicago's Theo Epstein, the man who's been spreading his seed. Oh, I heard you. for God knows how long. I've been unable to track him down, but I've finally got a hold of him, and uh, oh, we're going to talk some web heavy here. Oh, that's hysterical, Pete. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, dad's doing some business. Uh, so, how many uh, kids you got by now? Contrary <laughs> to the belief, there's been no spreading. Oh, uh, there's been no spreading of such. Just, just a lot like of COVID. busyness. Yeah, <laughs> COVID. Just no, just a lot of busyness. But I'm really happy to be here and um, to talk some webhead stuff because it's been too long, too long, and we're gonna do this all again, us three, very, very soon when the family business all isn't right. so uh, stressful. I guess it's a little <laughs> stressful at the moment. Yeah, someone's got to be worried. <laughs> someone's sweating. I'm Nick Zednik. I'm looking over my shoulder tonight. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, steady. Be weary. Be weary, Zed. But uh, this is good. We uh, we haven't been around. We haven't recorded in a while, which actually worked out to our benefit because um, Dark Web came and gone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we yeah, will talk did. about that massive Ben Riley X-Men, Ms. Marvel. I didn't know it crossed over so many titles. No, it, it did. I actually thought much. it was just a Spider-Man book. I, I agree. And I, I agree with you in the sense of that it did come out. The story <laughs> does exist. And uh, we did read most of it to an extent, and we are going to talk about it um, the best we can. First, let's talk about something that's uh, near and dear to our hearts. That's yes. the Fox Spider-Man show. We're talking about the final episode of the season, um, uh, the episode about the chameleon. Uh, the actual title of the episode is Day of the Chameleon. Um, Nico, uh, start us off. What did you think about this episode particularly? So, man, it's such a it's such an episode um, because... It's we've always talked about like the simplicity in this show is really what makes it the best part. So just the fact that it's chameleon, you know, walking around the Daily Bugle, shaped mm. body shifting, we get Shields involvement, which is a lot of fun too. Yeah, and I think what's funny is that I think with the MCU and everything, we've gotten so used to the Sam Jackson, like the newer, like the ultimate inspired version of. So to go back and see the like older classic one too is a lot of fun as well. So just Shield's involvement, the chameleon. Did you ever see the old Hasselhoff uh, Nick Fury movie? I've never watched it. Never I've seen clips. Uh, I heard it's notoriously bad, but uh, I was just curious. You mentioned the ultimate version, so that popped in my head. This episode for me is a lot of fun because of where it branches out into a lot of Marvel lore. You like you said. Just the chameleon is effortlessly changing into anyone and everyone. Effortlessly. Driving everyone insane. Uh, Jameson's one of my favorite parts where uh, the secretary's like, I gave you the papers. Like, you gave me the papers. Like, I need to. His best part. Yeah. Any little office exchanges. Um, That was great. And just the the amount of technology the chameleon uses to kind of, you know, because he doesn't have like superpowers. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know exactly how he changes his face. Like, I I don't know. Like, to me, he looks like he's wearing like a sock. (laughs) Always. He just looks like he's wearing a cloth mask, but like all the gadgets he uses as like this kind of super spy is a lot of fun. And I kind of like it when Spider-Man gets tangled up and and things are kind of over his head. Like chameleons, uh, almost like a a threat. He's not really used to. He's not some petty crook. He's, he's you know, international. This is like a James Bond episode with Spider-Man throwing. It is. What one thing that the show does is it always uses a lot of his supporting cast. So now when the supporting cast becomes, you know, impacted by the chameleon, it's really fun. Like when he, when the chameleon goes up to MJ and she invites him to the play and he kisses her. And then, you know, that comes back to haunt Peter later um, that he didn't remember that. Or you're right. Just the simple things like where are the papers to the, uh, in and out of the office. And then even chameleon trying to be Peter to get the shot was a lot of, too it's just a good time it's so cheesy but in like a really good way yeah i just uh, it makes me want like a live action chameleon so badly and i know we're going to get that pretty soon or a version of him very soon so i'm wondering how um what's it called uh craven handles that part of you know the history of the character and just what he can do and what he you know 
what he will do. But um, it's interesting. Like, there's no like uh, the Craven aspect of Chameleon is interesting to me because I'm like I can't remember exactly when they were declared relatives. They're like I don't either. I don't remember when it was either. Because like I, I, I don't think the show. I don't know if the show ever addresses anything like that. No, I don't think it does because I remember they play around with some relationships in this show a little differently. Like, don't they actually make um if I remember right, don't they make Electro like Red Skull's son? I don't remember that. Don't like, remember like that. I, I know they sure play around with a lot of the origins at, at when the okay. show keeps going. I know at the beginning here they're kind of true, but I know at some point the the way certain characters have origins is a little different. So I, I look forward to that. If that's true. That's it's fu- yeah, I look forward to that. It's fun. But you're right. I don't remember it necessarily in Marvel canon when they're declared as being brothers or half brothers or whatever. And I don't know if they ever do that on this show either. This it just screams of retcon to me. Yeah, it just screams records. Those are some of those finer details. Like, I I wouldn't be surprised if there's like an exposition dump in one of the episodes. He's like, and they're actually siblings, and you're like, oh, here's where they decided to to play around with that, or or to bring that back. Who knows? Um, it was cool. You know, what's funny in in this one too is just all the little gadgets that the, that the chameleon used, like his little laser gun or his yeah, little thing of I gas. All that stuff. So much gas was used in this episode to like. Well, how are you going to knock people out when you can't punch anyone? <laughs> That's true. It's it's all the gas, all the gas. I it, I just I think it's great that no matter what, if you're following the show, you can always spot the chameleon by his belt. No one in the show. That's so funny. Yeah, no one knows it. Out, but the chameleon's belt is the only thing that doesn't change. It never changes. It's so funny. What a group of characters that are just not aware whatsoever. So if you're ever afraid of a doppelganger or you think someone's following you as a clone, I checked their belt. I Just look like, at their midsection. Yeah, look at yeah, their... Uh, always check the don't belt. look too far down, but look at the belt. Oh, geez. But this is like, again, just another feeling of vintage Spider-Man. Like yeah. I feel like this could have been like a Ditko-Lee episode. You know, oh, like they could have wrote this. Easily. It just, it just feels... The way they bring certain aspects together and just how... It, I don't want to say campy because I feel like campy gets like you think of like campy and you think of a specific era, like you think of like 60s Batman. But yeah, the, I want to sure. say just it's just this hyper reality. Maybe just I don't know. It, it's it feels like New York with just a little bit of a twist, you know? Yeah. Like, Amen. I love that. It's 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 not that far off, you know? Like I'm sure there's, I mean, for crying out loud, like. The shield might as well be Area 51, like back yeah, in the day. Right. You know what I'm to, saying? To, like, the it, secret government era, agency yeah. that no one knows about. So it's not the most unrealistic thing. Like I said earlier, James Bond with Spider-Man is a really interesting concept. And it you is. throw in the chameleon and shield in there, and it, and it really takes place. And I believe this is one of the real introductions to Shield that we got. Because you know, Peter's actually in there, he's in he infiltrates yeah. Shield by mistake, right? Then he's doing the classic Peter move, which is hanging out in the vents <laughs> so fun dude so much vintage on this show vintage, it's, it's vintage it. like you said vintage, vintage. so much vintage on this yeah. show vent use is at an all-time high on this cartoon and that's um, how peter get it but i like it because like you mentioned like exposition dumps and they do that in the show but usually peter is sitting in a vent watching yeah. people talk about things so you're like learning it with him so it, it, the show does some things like that which i actually appreciate yeah, I always forgot. I always forget that this closes out that first season. It's a really mm-hmm. interesting episode, I think, to close it on. Yeah, it is. And the thing is, like, when you add Fury, you know, y- you're able to not only you able to bring in Shield, but you're able to do something so subtle to like, which is almost like a breadcrumb foreshadowing with the patch on the wrong side. Yeah, like you know, the, they're they're letting you. It's like they told you that intentionally, and. And when it comes to pay off at the end of the episode, you're kind of like, oh, wow. The show is like, it, it, it's, it's, even though it's a kid's show, you know, if you're not paying attention and not thinking with it, you can kind of get lost a little bit. And that's you know, what I'm saying. Like it has, it has really good direction in terms yeah. of like small details coming back, little things the characters say that they'll revisit or like actions. And you see there's like a domino effect, the consequences, but that's, that's what you brought up is such a good point is it's almost like for the kids, it's fun. And for the older audience watching it, there's actually a little bit of nice, like you said, breadcrumbs to really keep you invested, uh, which is really cool. 
and you could see like you know a show like later on like something like spongebob is another example where like if you have kids or you have like you know nieces or nephews you watch them and you of course you're watching the show but sometimes like spongebob you're like oh wow that totally went over that kid's head <laughs> they i'll tell you something about spongebob i i just had a and don't ask why but i just had a spongebob like revisit of like the first season mm-hmm. it's funnier to me now than it ever was as a kid that's how like, much those early seasons of SpongeBob are loaded with adult yeah. humor and innuendo. It's it's actually ridiculous. Like I was watching it with some people and we're like, how did kids like how did they get this greenlit? Like, how did Nickelodeon be like, yeah, put this out? Because it's like, just I, loaded. I just recently found out like every all the houses and everybody lives with is basically just trash that's on the bottom of the ocean. Exactly. Like Squidward lives There's, in a muffler. <laughs> I was like, oh my cra- God. when you really look at some of the details of that show, the you're like, oh my god, it's literally a crab cage. It's literally a crab cage. The chum bucket is literally just like piece of like yeah. metal and copper. Yeah. Like it really but the is Squidward hysterical. muffler thing blew my mind. I was like, oh my god, he does live in a muffler. He lives in a muffler, dude. But yeah, and I kind of feel like shows like Spider-Man kind of paved the way a little bit for that, you know, like yeah, everything kind of pays it forward to some aspect. And I'm sure somebody, this show inspired somebody for their animation style and whatnot. And, you know, and, and again, SpongeBob inspires another generation of animators. So it just keeps going forward, forward. But, um, you know, moments like that, you're just sitting there at the end of the episode. And you're like, oh, my God, that's a great twist. Great. That's a really great twist. Like, yeah. of course, the chameleons never seen Nick Fury. No one's seen Nick Fury. He's dead. And the one picture, they got like the negative backwards, and you're like, God, got okay. him. Yep, got him. You know, and it, it's just after just oh, just causing all this havoc. I just, man, it's so fun rewatching the show because you rewatch it and you're like, is this my favorite episode? No, this is my favorite episode. Everyone, no, no, no. this mm-hmm. one is. What's cool is you could say really anyone you're watching is your favorite because. Nonetheless, it always does all the Spider-Man stuff so right, and 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 you're right. It feels like classic webhead stuff, which you know is why we all fell in love with the character in the first place. And for for me, you know, this show I always say was really my gateway into Spider-Man right before that first Toby film. So like, this is really what I think of when I think of Spider-Man. So you were still really young though when Toby came out. Like I wa- I watched this in my childhood. Yeah, I was six when that first Toby film came. Uh, seven when that first Toby okay. film came out, and yeah. and the show had already. Were you watching I think, reruns? I was watching reruns of this. Yeah, my dad had them all on uh, VHS. Oh, did season. he record them on his VCR? Or did he buy them? I think he recorded some of them, and then he bought some because I remember getting some of the packages that had a few of the. I remember on them. The Venom trilogy got its own tape. The Goblin got a couple episodes on a tape. I had the Venom on its own tape. Yeah. Okay. And I think so. They released a couple of them, but like in order to get the majority, I think before they did, I have it digitally. Before then, I believe you had to record them off your VCR. Yeah. So that's great that your dad did that because I mean, this was like me like watching either after school or on Saturday morning. Like, See, that's so I grew cool. Up I wish this, I could have had that. Yeah. And then I and then I watched Spider Man Unlimited. And I was like, oh god, maybe I don't like Spider Man anymore. Yeah, like, right. Maybe I don't like this. You just don't see, like bad me, cartoons. <laughs> see, for me, the one I got to watch was spectacular. Is the one I got to watch live because that was on now, Saturday see, that's morning. Special. That we'll get yeah. into that. I mean, that, this is a yeah. long series to get through, but that'll be the next one. Yeah, for sure. You know, they're definitely the. I, I consider them the, the, these two, the, this Spider Man and Spectacular, the top two ones. You know, I agree. Not only for longevity, but just. They are different, and their storytelling is just as good as each other, and they do it in slightly different ways. Amen. So, it's really brilliant. Um, but this one is just like, yeah, like every episode I watch is what, what? What's your favorite episode of Fox Spider-Man? The last one I watched. That's yeah, what, right. That's is is the one I just watched and the one we just talked about? Yeah, so will always be my great. answer. And this is this final this season ends where. Everything like you had some connected episodes, you had a couple two three parters, but for a lot of the season, this is kind of seems standalone. Whereas yeah, next does. season, everything's just one giant part. You know? Yes, yes, and it's things get a little bit more intense. Next season gets a little bit more intense for Peter, Someone which I, again we mentioned like how the show kind of like was a little bit more advanced, and it, it really gets into it. I think next season. It's it's a nice progression though too when you think about it. Like the first season is a lot of these solo little peter parker adventures and then when the second season gets more complex you're like okay well he's matured as spider-man so the storytelling and the Mm -hmm. conflict will mature as well so it's a really cool way i feel like they don't make things like this anymore with that much thought and creativity that that goes into them Um, cartoons 
Yeah, it's given tag. I, I see. I think something like Young Justice is is probably Young an Justice. exception. Fantastic. Right? Yeah. But like again, like Young Justice, how many years are between seasons? Like you had to fight to get that made. Yeah. Um. You know, you get certain like Beware the Batman was a show that was doing that. It was it was kid friendly, but it you know it did have its adult, more adult themes. That, but that got canceled after a year. I just I don't think these shows last as long. Spectacular had how many seasons? Two. Yeah. So four. short. Yeah. It has you know uh, Spider Man the animated series, uh, Superman the animated series, animated shows for these cartoon characters. I think the Batman's probably the last really long animated series by season. Mm-hmm. Right, like I can't think of anything else that has survived that long. I think that went for like what four or five seasons, four or five sounds uh, right. You know, Young Justice, I think, comes in second right now with three, if I'm not mistaken, or they have four. I think the fourth is coming, or it did come out, or maybe I'm okay. wrong, but yeah, so they're around that area. But like, I just I don't think that these animated shows last a lot, mm-hmm. they don't have the lifespan anymore, which stinks. And I don't know if that's because you know of they look too much at like toy sales or whatnot. There, there, there may be something to saying there's, there's, there's a bit of oversaturation in the market. Like, I imagine a lot of fanboys watch the show because this was all that we had back in the day. Amen. You know, yeah, I'm pretty sure there, there's definitely some 30 year old guys who are watching the show because it's either this or nothing. Gotta be. Gotta and now, be. these days, I mean, you look at it and you're like, wow, like every month we got a new superhero movie. Right. Every you know, between Disney Plus week. and HBO Max, we got new shows. The CW's finally ending. You know, <laughs> we've been. I know after all this time. Years. You know, yeah. So there's probably there's probably some correlation there, but I mean, I don't know. I always thought I grew up in like the best time for cartoons between this. Oh, you definitely did. Between you this, definitely did. Yeah. I, I was on the tail end of some of them, but you definitely had that golden Utah, Superman, era of like cartoons. all at the same yeah. time. Yeah. yeah, another show like Green Lantern that was only a show that lasted one season, and that was a great show. The one on uh, Cartoon Network, right? Yeah, the digital, the the, the like the digital Bruce Tim show. Yeah, a lot of people didn't like that, but I thought it was pretty solid. I don't know how that's ridiculous. Yeah. One of the greatest Larf Lee's tales ever. That show was fantastic. Yeah. I don't know why people didn't like it so much. Maybe because how it looked. I don't know. It it looked like it looked like Bruce Tim uh 3D to me. So yeah. No problem with that. But overall, uh back just circle back down to Chameleon. This was uh just a fantastic episode. I love it. If you guys haven't seen it, there's yes, a lot please. worse ways to spend 20 minutes. There, yeah, a lot. It's a clean, brisk 20 minutes. You'll have a great time. Yeah. So I enjoyed this. I know Nico did. I'm sure Daddy Bats would because this oh, is yeah. right up his alley. Like he loves. He, he's a chameleon world. fan. He's like a low key. The chameleon's probably in my dad's top five Spidey villains. Yeah. If, you know what? Like I don't have a whole lot of chameleon. Like I was the last chameleon we covered. The, what was it chameleon conspiracy? Yeah. The chameleon that. conspiracy. We didn't enjoy that. I was expecting big things out of that. Like this is probably the best chameleon stuff I've ever gotten as a, as a kid. Oh God. Yeah. By far. It's this issue. Yeah. I feel, I feel or like there's even, show. even as like, I don't think there's been a lot of issues with chameleon stuff that I've really gotten into as I've read on. I, I feel like he's kind of a character I haven't seen much of. No. Uh, so I would love for him to get a resurgence, you know, him yeah. and Scorpion. I could, I could use more, the two of them. I didn't really get into the whole Scorpion Venom thing. That wasn't my thing. So no, that was tough for me too. I wasn't what wasn't too into that as well. But you know, I, I'm down from a chameleon. I hope that this uh, chameleon in uh, Craven works. I hope Craven works out. You know, because yeah, let's hope Sony. <laughs> we'll see what they do. The <laughs> it's interesting, but um, this was great. I I'm really looking forward to. Uh, to next season i can't wait to get started on that but uh let's let's head right into the books here yeah um, we haven't talked comics in a long time i think our last episode was like february yeah no dark web stuff no dark here web. We, go. we got to finish up uh the previous run which uh ended with uh peter and the two hobgoblins going at each other and this this like little hobgoblin arc here and I'll include Dark Web in this because I'm, and we'll just up just up until Dark Web, like we haven't gotten into nineteen and twenty yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but this Hobgoblin stuff might be the best stuff I got from Zeb Wells. Um, it, it's so much fun. I don't even mind the fact that Peter Spider Man has a glider. Like I honestly, it's fun. That. It ended up, you know, I think we talked when that got introduced. I think we all were kind of like, oh, we'll see. We already it actually we ends up playing okay. Yeah, I think it ends up playing out pretty well. It's kind of yeah. cool. I don't mind the suit now. I, it, it's very weird it's because it looks so traditional. The orbs don't bother me, you know. Like, 
whereas the Beyond suit looked weird, or just uh, uh, other Spider Man uh, or the this Dan Slot suit. Like I know that would look traditional, but he glowed like blue around the eyes and around the center chest. It always bothered me, but this is a little more yellow, so I don't know. But I, I'm just digging it more. Um, and I really like the Gold Goblin stuff. I I I really like what they were doing with Norman and how he was reluctant to help Peter. He's got to help Peter almost like, you know, he doesn't want to get back on the wagon. Yeah. Um, I'm really into that. And I'm dying to see where that goes forward with Norman. Cause it, it's almost uh, an arc that we really haven't experienced with Norman almost the, uh, you know, the, the, the guilt, you know, the, yeah. the trying to make up for what I did. It, he, he always seemed like kind of a stubborn man. And almost yeah. kind of like, you know, almost wanted to forgive and forget. Whereas here now he wants to forgive, but he wants to remember and he wants to like kind of like achieve penance for his past sins. And uh, that ties all the way back down to uh, Sin Eater. You know, like yeah. it, they're still carrying it forward. This this Norman arc has really just continued to plow through everything and anything. And I find it interesting that even Zeb Wells continued somebody else's story. Um, I, I don't know if this is what Spencer wanted, you know, with Norman and Sin and the in the in the, uh, in the post of Sin Eater, but I'm actually really digging it. And then you get you know Betty. By the end of the story, Betty's still worried about Ned and all that stuff. And you kind of realize like everything isn't what it seems. Mm-hmm. And uh, we get a Goblin Queen, <laughs> who uh, I believe is Doctor Kafka now. Um, yeah. And overall, like you know, and, and the machine. I forgot. I, I, I what was this machine they were looking at? Uh, the memory machine. Yeah, the memory uh, machine. Which will, which will pay. Which, which I thought was going to play a big part of Dark Web, but it had like no impact. No, so, none whatsoever. Story that'll. Uh, and this is a story that's to be continued, but what did you think of the finale of this whole Hobgoblin stuff? I thought it was a great finale. And uh, we talked, you know, these early issues from Wells here feel like classic Spidey stuff. And I yeah, really liked yeah. the way this paid off um, in terms of the dual goblin stuff and, and, and those reveals in the battle is cool. Spidey's glider was cool. And I will say too, I agree with you. I almost regret not continuing reading some of the gold goblin stuff from here because I do think what they are doing with Norman, it's it's one of those rare things that happens when you have these new writers take on a character and they really try to change them or progress them in certain ways. And the guilt and the trying to make up for is a really interesting angle for Norman Osborn. And um, I actually really like what they're doing with him and what they do with him in here. Um, and and it's it's sometimes I feel like too many writers try to keep characters in the same place so they and and quite literally i think what i love that they're doing with norman is the opposite of what they do with a certain character in dark web again which i think is the problem and why a lot of it um may or may not i won't bury the lead may or may not work for us so just the fact that they're allowing norman osborne to progress and be this different not a different character but a different version of the character that does feel pretty relevant and it does feel like at some point with everything that went on it's a believable change he's trying to make for Peter. You know, him and Peter have always been intertwined since the very beginning. So I like this and I like the finale. And I think the memory machine was like a pleasing kind of um, tease for something to come in the future. And these first, you know, 13 were really, really strong, yeah. amazing Spider-Man issues. It feels like the community online was really supportive of the run. Like I think the Spencer run was very divided. Um, I, while I enjoyed it, I don't think you and your father did. I don't think Troy really did either. I don't no. think Ian was a, was a huge fan of it. Um, I think a lot of people preferred what came before. Um, but this this Zeb stuff has really, honestly, it, it's kind of brought everyone together up until Dark it Web. <laughs> up until now, know, yeah. Up until... I don't know what the reaction is to Dark Web because I've kind of been, I, I haven't been paying attention to Crawl Space. I only talked to Paul Herman about it vaguely because I didn't want to, I had to read it myself, you know, and I try yeah. before we get to do the show, I try to read everything at least like the week before this way. Yeah. It's very fresh. Cause so it's fresh. I, if I had to reread all this to be, I'd be like, Oh man, this is crazy. But um, as we get into this dark web, I want to say, I just, it just felt off from the beginning. Yeah. Um, I feel like we've been here before with Ben Riley, and I feel like we've been here before with New York city. Um, at times it screamed um, what just happened with Venom in King and Black. It's the sick. That's the thing. And at the same time, Slot did this, I believe, with Chameleon uh, when he turned uh, Chameleon, not Chameleon on the brain, when he turned Ben Riley into the new Jackal. 
Yeah. That and he had to Peter had to pay for his blah blah blah. blah. And I was like, we just had this story not too long ago. And to be honest, I think this is actually a worse version of that of those two stories combined. And I didn't rank by far. Yeah. Um by far. I think this is kind of butchering Ben Riley. I I I just don't know why we have to do this to Ben again. Um, especially coming off of what Peter David did having a Scarlet Spider in Vegas. You know, Peter kind of just mm-hmm. settling on a Peter. Ben settling on this is my life. This is where I'm going forward. Um, and this ties into Beyond too. Like I didn't like Beyond because I didn't like what they were doing. I just I knew they were I didn't like the direction of what they were doing with Ben. And it felt like he was being used at that point. And then they have his memories taken away and that sets him off. And it's like, but at the same time, it's like, wasn't he supposed to be wasn't Ben supposed to move on past this moment, right? Like wanting to be Peter. Like I, th- I thought Ben kind of evolved a little bit and then it seems like they took a few steps back. So what do you have to say about this, Nico? Well, my, my problem with it and my problem with reveal was that he was chasm, right? Um, because yeah, I whatever think that means, I well, whatever the hell that means. I think I'll speak for myself and say at the beginning of the beyond stuff, I was into it because I thought, we were going to build Ben Riley towards. I thought we weren't going to do this again. I thought we were going to build Ben towards somewhere of peace, somewhere where he yes, yes. And then the way that story then all of a sudden takes a nosedive and it's like him versus Ben again, then to raise the stakes to have Chasm being him be Chasm and be in limbo and there's demons. And it. my other problem with it is aside from everything you said, I'll speak on something different. Mm-hmm. It's just this over the top stuff again. Where like, I don't know why, and I don't know if it's the editors, if it's the writers, but like we have these grounded Spidey stories which are so great. And then we're getting another city being taken over by this godlike creature. Like you said, it feels just like King and Black. It feels just like. Um, and you Absolute read that. Punish. So you know what you're talking about. Yeah, I didn't read right? King and Black, but I know what the premise was. It was, I just read Absolute Carnage, just read King and Black. I, I was there for Absolute that entire Carnage, run. Right for the last couple of years where it's this godlike thing. There's so many similarities, this godlike thing starts taking people over the X-Men and Miss Marvel showing up in nowhere. And yes, there's, there's roles and it is cool. I won't lie to you. Is it cool to see Cyclops popping up and kicking ass with Peter? Like, yes, that's all you buddy. That's right? not my thing. No. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so like, am I cool with that? Yes. But the books just, they don't have anything to them and all the splash page, like it's just so overwhelming. There's all this stuff going on and, and there's like Hallow's Eve, like these other characters are trying to make a thing. And ultimately, these do you even know all- what's going on with Venom? Because I didn't read a lot of the tie ins outside of Mary Jane and Black Cat and Gold Goblin. So that's what I read. I, I thought this was a Spider Man story until I saw the checklist and I saw mm-hmm. how many other titles were involved. So I'm curious as what I missed. But, you know, by like issue, like, uh, what is it, issue one of Dark Web or is it issue eight or issue eight? Yeah, issue one of Dark Web. Like, did they dumb down Venom? So what happened to he Venom? He wants to eat people again? Like, so, when did so I become a cannibal again? I'm with you. So I had to look into this because I was too confused. So I st- I hopped off this Venom run about half the issues ago. So like four okay. or five. Now, where I was is there was this interesting thing being played around with time travel and reality. And Dylan Brock was Venom. And I believe what his had son. happened, yes, his son, Eddie's son, okay. what I believe happened at some point, now this is just some things I read online, I believe at some point in this Venom run, Dylan Brock gets taken or lost, Eddie has to re-go into the symbiote as Venom, and I believe it is the Goblin who dumbs him down to try to use him in Dark Web. So I think it is just a plot device for this story for Peter and stuff to have to fight him again. Cause that issue started Pete and they're like, Venom wants to brains and eat Spider-Man. And I said, what? Yeah. I, I mean, I just read it? a whole story. Even the run, I just hopped, even the run I hopped off on Eddie Brock was good and has a son and is like traveling the multiverse. Right. That's I'm why like, I stopped reading it. <laughs> yeah. I was like, where now he's back to square one of eat brains, kill Spider Man. And then they try to give you. I mean, don't get me wrong. That's like my favorite version of Venom, but it was time, fun. It's like, this just popped out of nowhere. Right. Like, it was fun for a few pages for me to like turn my brain off and be like, well, let me just pretend I'm reading classic Spidey versus Venom. Okay. This is fun. And then you get back to the action and you're like, wait, no, now we're in the middle of this big convoluted mess. Um, so yeah, that happened with Venom and that was very jarring when I started reading. Cause I'm like, this makes no sense to me. 
Yeah, and then they get stuck in like limbo. It, that's the yeah, okay, dude. And <laughs> like the con the concept of limbo makes sense. The execution of limbo was horrible. Awful. I get what you're trying to do, but it was not good at all. No boy, bueno. not good. And these demons and these things, and I'm like, what is going on? Which leads us to What's his name? Rick Peck? Rick Peck? Rick Peck, Peck, dude. I don't. I'm sorry. I'm like, dude, if this was made for an action figure, I haven't seen a good action figure from Hasbro in like seven months. So <laughs> yeah. This is bullshit. <laughs> this, that's where it lost me too. I'm like, I don't know who this is. I don't like this character. He's, apparently, he's just a goblin who's a huge Spider Man fanboy. He's just a Spidey fanboy, is what it is, is at least how I digested it. I could be so wrong, yeah. but at that point, my mental fortitude for reading this um by the end of the yeah, closing that was it was man. hard man that was it's that hard was the to... straw that broke the camel's back i read issue 17 and i was like zebwell should be embarrassed it should be embarrassed <laughs> like, and... i'm sorry this is the worst spider-man's this is the worst ben riley story i've ever read of all this time up there oh easily, easily easily but this is one of the worst spider books i've ever read i've like, ever top 10 worst spider book of of the things of the character to grace my eyes, it is yeah, it's one of the worst pieces of Spider-Man content I've ever digested. I I swear to you, and I don't take pride in saying that as you don't either, because we were on Zeb Wells's train, and that's why I'm trying to give him some grace. Like, was this really what he wanted to do? Or, because it doesn't feel like it. It doesn't right. This feels like this weird thing. It just doesn't that fit with anything. All of a sudden, got dropped in the middle of these issues. Because even like narratively, it doesn't, it, it feels very off in terms of what he was trying to do. And I think I haven't read issues 19, 20, and 21, but apparently it's a pretty good return to form from where issues one to 13 were headed is what I've seen people say. I I, I, did, I don't know if you've read them and you could comment no, on No, I stopped. I stopped. I didn't want to get too far. Ahead. Yeah. I, I so, have them. I just haven't read them. I have them. I haven't read them yet, but I think they re-go back to that whole personal Peter story. So part of me thinks this is something Wells had to do. Yes, it's supposed to be what did Peter do? Yeah. What is the big reason? That, that, yeah. that's, and that's what I'm dying to find out. I'm dying. I know, I know Hobby's really excited too. About yeah, that. I didn't give a shit about Ben Riley trying yeah, to Yeah, I think Ben Riley was done after the Beyond. So did and I. then when you get to issue, it's issue 18. Tell me, like, is this not King in Black? It's like, the same thing. De I'm it's telling you, same. yeah, it feels like no again. The same King Chasm. He's flying through New York. I was like, this is like, what is this? Where are the editors? I'm high. I don't know. <laughs> but I just, I don't understand it. I, I have not been this disappointed in, wow. Like, I, this, this is way more disappointing than anything Slot's done, in my opinion. I agree with you. This, and, this which, arc is which, this is an all-time bad arc. Which I think some people would tell me, like, I know, hey, Nico, I know you weren't big on certain parts of Slot and Spencer, and you really think that this was worse. Yes, I do. Because Easily. at least, at least those other guys, at least the end of the Spencer run, like they went for something, right? They were trying to do something different and they're trying to challenge the readers this is just another rehash of you're right not only does it feel like a rehash of something that they've done with ben riley before right you're right it, it feels like these big event books they just had like king and black or absolute carnage where there is a character insert there is a god version right that yeah. starts influencing said characters the whole city gets infected and demonized or however you want to say it just just keep substituting words comps that you got demons you got symbiotes you got limbo you got the uh codex of the symbiotes right it's the same thing over and over and the insert random cast and characters from the marvel universe let's bring in some of the x-men let's bring in ms marvel mm -hmm. let's introduce these new random characters wreck pack or whatever it's just like there's like a symbiote dog in the venom one that like becomes like dylan's friend it's the same thing it's i'm so telling weird. you it was it's it's a lot of weird choices uh, and, and at the end like ben is just like what in this weird reality that no one could figure out but it looks like utopia yep jailed again somehow <laughs> yeah jailed again somehow meanwhile this weird awkward looking building is in the middle of like i don't know Times square as the limbo embassy i was like are we serious right now like this is way too. This is for comic books. This is jumping the shark. Jumping the shark, terrible. And and that's saying something for comic books. This is jumping the shark too. Yeah, I just I, I am I, I I did not enjoy this. 
the main dark web I did not enjoy, but what I did enjoy actually st- did stem out of it. I thought uh, the Mary Jane and Black Cat storyline was, was fairly that good? interesting. Okay. It was, it's just, it's, it's comic book fun. It's absolutely ridiculous. And I read this because Nico Price, I know, I know, the Black Cat Mary Jane one shot for Beyond. It was so good. I didn't good. read that. So I was like, all right, let's read this. So I'm like, hey, did you pick this up? I'm actually enjoying this. And Nico's like, no. I'm the one shot is good. <laughs> But this was fun. Like the tension between Mary Jane and Black Cat right now is really something. Very fascinating. And it's it's something that I think we haven't really experienced in a long time. And that's what it gives you that vintage feel. And I think McKay has been doing really good stuff with Black Cat. Mm-hmm. Paul Herman won't read it for whatever goddamn reason, <laughs> but he refuses to take my my uh, recommendations. But the McKay stuff on Black Cat has been phenomenal. But here, like in the chaos. It is a little weird for me now that Mary Jane has like the slot machine powers where yeah. everything changes randomly whenever time she activates them. But, you know, Black Cat going to like look over Mary Jane because Peter would have cared. And, uh, 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 there's something there to it, but she doesn't want to mention the relationship that she and Peter have. Um, yeah. th- there is uh, there's two tie ins for Dark Web and they end up going to limbo and they have to steal this thing for this other guy. And what, what, what whoever this demon thing is. And it's just a ridiculously fun story. And they make for like a really good odd couple, I think. They do. Um, I, I will agree with you. They they do make this an interesting odd couple. And I think right now, too, narratively it works because you know you got you you have Black Cat who's really now I haven't read this, but what I'm assuming is why it works and it works in that one shot is you have Black Cat who's really trying to be there for Peter, and there is this Mary Jane being in this awkward place too. So yeah, yeah. It, it kind of makes the oddball couple even odder, you know? Mm-hmm. And then in the issue in, in the back of issue one is a fantastic backup story where Black Cat is losing in a poker game. So she tries to raise the uh the stakes by uh betting uh uh Dr. Doom's mask. Yeah. And she goes through the whole adventure of how she stole it, blah blah blah. And then they flip it over and it's like says made in China. So she so she funny. lied. It, it was just it's just a really fun uh backup story. Um and issue two just continues the same thing of their adventure trying to get out of said limbo, and it's just it's so interesting to me that something that I can enjoy can come out of something I don't enjoy like dark web. Yeah. Um, and that's the most fascinating part of that to me is just how much I just pure comic book insanity fun for me was uh, these two issues of Mary Jane and black cat. And I think the best thing to come out of dark web has been gold goblin. I've heard it's great. I, I yeah. Well has done a phenomenal job digging into the psyche of Norman Osborn you know the the Gwen Stacy stuff that we saw in that uh that like you know celestial like issue yeah issue. it's still kind of having an effect that's cool he's still seeing Gwen's ghost and it's still bothering him it, it's it's wonderful and it really it, and then you know you see the interactions between uh him and Jack Lantern and you know Norman almost kind of br- turns Jack Lantern around but it, it these three issues are probably some of the best Norman Osborn I've ever that's read. amazing okay then I I'm really highly go recommend it. Okay, yeah. fair. I trust you. I believe you. No, Gold Goblin's phenomenal. And it's only I think it's only a six issue series. So get it while it's hot because I, I think you really will uh enjoy this. It's been a lot of fun for me to read. Um, and I think it's the best thing to come out of Dark Web. You know, the tie-in issues awesome. and everything. So it's awesome. It, I think it's really been phenomenal. And um just it's weird. Like I I didn't think I would like this type of Norman Osborne stuff. You know, I I like him being twisted and the villain and all that stuff and we mentioned it earlier on when we talked about Dark Web. Just the relationship between him and Peter right now is is a fascinating dynamic. Very it's not normal. It's yeah. not what we're used to, but it's very well written. Very well written. You know? Amen. I will say that. Like I, I have a lot of problems with Dark Web, but Peter's actions within everyone else in that story is on is on point. And that's yeah. why, like, I okay, Zeb, one bad story. That's it. You know, it happens. Yeah. You get you know, it. Francis Ford Coppola directed The Godfather Three. Yeah, he we, did, right? We, yeah, everyone gets the mulligan. Everyone gets one, right? Spider Man even says that in Family Guy to Peter. I know. Have I you see ever seen that? He saves no. him at one point, and Peter's like, "Thanks, Spider Man," and Spider Man's like, "Everyone gets one." That's good. I like so that. this is Zeb Wells's one from Spidey himself. Everybody gets one. All right. All right. That's not bad. I had no idea. I'll have to. I'll have to search uh, YouTube for. Oh, that. it's so funny! It's so funny. But all right, let's. Uh, 
Where do we want to head down to now? Let's we got some we got news. Here? I actually have some news to add to the news. That oh, you please have. go ahead. Go ahead. Let's so there's one, and I guess it's not official. I mean, it's it's kind of that thing where it's been like scooped, and then like some of like the smaller trades like have ran with it. Um, okay. There's a lot of speculation about the Madam Web film, and uh, Sydney Sweeney was cast in it. Now a lot of people have been saying that Sydney Sweeney is going to play the uh, Julia Carpenter version of Spider-Woman. Really? She's one of okay. the, so she's going to be a, I believe potentially a variant of the Julia Carpenter, Madam Web played by Dakota Johnson. I'm not sure, but uh, that's what they say. Sweeney is going to be. No one knows for sure, but that's so we're we're going back to the multiverse. It seems like yeah, I think we're going really back to the multiverse. It seems, which you know, for Madam Web movie, probably makes the most sense makes next to the Flash. Sense, right? Yeah, right. You know, you do a Spider Man multiverse movie, and you're kind of like, oh, geez, yeah, All right, here we <laughs> yeah. go. You know, like how, how you guys they did it, but you know, you you, you walk in there, expecting the Flash. You know, you got Flashpoint, you got all that. The, the cosmic treadmill it's part of the character's history uh madam webb that's interesting I, I i dig it um i'm really looking forward to see what they do with this movie um i haven't heard anything i don't like really i would prefer old man webb yeah of course webb, of course know, yeah I, i'm still into the julia carpenter take um but yeah i mean hey i this movie it's so funny you hear things and nothing for months. Yeah. And then you hear a little thing and then and nothing, nothing for months. So yeah. I don't know. I just, I, I want to see a trailer. I want to see a poster. I don't really get, I, cause I can't judge the vibe of this movie just yet. You know, I can't tell if this is going to be all about girl power or it's going to yeah. be something else. You know, um, one of those where it could be, I it just want to, I, I, I just don't want this to end, have the same fate as the, as the female ghostbuster movie, you know, great yeah. cast, create really amazing director, but somehow it just doesn't connect. It's, it almost feels too forced. Yeah. You know what's cool is her version of the her version of the Spider Woman costume, the Julia Carpenter version, is the one that almost looks like the black symbiote one. Kind of, it's that yeah. it's that version for 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 people. It's definitely my preferred version of the of that suit for her. Oh, it's so sick! With, yeah, with the, with the white, it's got like the V neck on, yeah. on the head, and she's got the big white eyes and the hair flows. It, it's it, cool. To me, it looks better than the red. It does. It so. looks way better than the red, in in my opinion, as well. That's cool. I, I, I'm again. This is like I'm really Sony movies really interest me until like you get to the point like Morbius and you see trailers. Yeah, <laughs> until they like, actually are able to be seen by the public, then you're like, oh, uh, yeah, you know, and just I, I, you know, I liked Venom one. You like Carnage more than I did. You like Morbius way more than I did. <laughs> but I, I remember like it's not that Venom? bad. Go watch the trailers. They they did some great. They did like some Justice League reshoots. They did movie. some nuts reshoots that one. I think in this in one trailer, Tyrese has like a metal arm because his character is supposed to have like a cybernetic arm, or whatever. I remember I told I think I told that to Chris Evans and it like blew his mind. Yeah, oh my <laughs> gosh! Like, yeah, there's that in the trailer. There's a lot more Keaton in the trailer. The Keaton scenes are different from the trailer. Certainly the more movie. than we got in the film in the final product. It doesn't make sense in the movie. No, it doesn't. Well, like why Morbius? Okay, yeah, let's go after this guy. I, I yeah. it makes zero sense. I let's I, go after a guy I never heard of. I still think that post credit scene is so bad that it's still fun because it's such a comic book. I think there's the Spider Man guy. Yeah, let's go get him. Like, cause that's all it was back in the day. It's like let's all get this guy. I honestly feel like that post credit scene is literally like, all right, we're jumping on the Keaton hype train right now. I think he, it was jump on really the Keaton right train. Jump on the No Way Home hype train and then jump on let's actually do the real Sinister Six because No Way Home actually didn't do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. I, dude, Keaton's so hot right now. I, he's Beetlejuice he's 2 with, with everything he's doing. He's it's, in uh, Beetlejuice yeah. 2, right? Yeah. Yeah. With Miss Ortega, which will be fast. Also, I'm going to see her later tonight. Who rule? Oh, you just seen Scream tonight? Please enjoy it. It's a great time. In my opinion, dude, it's a blast. It's a blast. I've gotten blast. mixed reviews, so I, I'm very looking forward to this. Who Who gave you a negative one? Uh, my buddy Andy gave me a negative review. Okay. Lauer yeah, liked also, it, right? He also did get me a really cool poster. Lauer. Oh, you got that one too? Yeah. Dude, I, didn't get that. Yeah. I got that one too. It's sick. It's the I got to find poster. out where they have the popcorn bucket. That's what I really want. Yeah, mine just had the cups. Mine just had cups. Okay. No no bucket. Um, But I'm curious what you'll think about this one being in New York. Uh, I've been here before with Jason Takes Manhattan. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> You've been here before. I will say this. 
the most I told this to my buddy Luca. The most controversial thing I've seen out of the Scream Six trailers is there's no way in hell a New York City bodega owner slash clerk gets murked in his own store by a guy in a Halloween costume. Fair. Those dudes are the most gully of the gully, and they don't take shit from anyone. Those guys that are strapped. Yeah. In that movie. that uh, dude in the bodega could take out an entire army with his sawed-off shotgun behind the counter. A bodega <laughs> army. A bodega not even can a take out an army. That's hilarious. Yeah, that's what that sounds like. You guys are totally from California. <laughs> because you didn't know how strong they could yeah. be. Oh, that's funny oh, as hell, dude. That's, but I can't wait to see Scream tonight. I'm looking forward to it. Um, yeah, please, In bro. other news... We are apparently getting a Spider-Man Noir live action series, which is wild. Uh, from Amazon via Lord and Miller. Um, you are you you love uh what's it called? Spider-Verse as much as anyone I know. Yeah. Um, I, I don't believe Nicolas Cage is involved in this, but uh how do you feel about this going forward? Do you think this is gonna be the same character? Do you think it's gonna be different? How, how do you feel? So there's a couple of things. It's one of those where I don't understand why we're doing it. Like I'll, yeah. I'll be honest, don't understand why we're doing it. Don't know if we need it, but sometimes those shows end up being, or those films end up being the best things with like, you know, little expectations. Like I'll, I'll always go back to swamp thing on the DC app. I said, how good can this show be? And it ended up being fantastic um, in my opinion. So I'm weary of it, but then I see who's involved and then Amazon does a pretty good job with their stuff. They really I've do. only I watched mean, Invincible. I, can't I mean, speak for, for Invincible and then like The Boys, I think they do a great job with. And I know there's a couple other shows that people enjoyed. I'm drawing blanks on their names, but there's some other things that came out of Amazon that people had a good time with. So, you know, Lord and Miller being involved, I like it. So we'll see. I think it could look cool, right? Because it's a cool concept for the character, you know, being in that retro, being in that black and white. Um, it could also bomb and be awful. I don't know. So I'm 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 cautiously optimistic, and I'll definitely be checking it out. Right, and anything Spider Man, I we we check out. So um, we'll see. How about you? How are you feeling about it? I'll give it a look. I'm not a huge fan of this character. I think yeah. he works really well in Spider Verse. Yeah, I think that type of involvement for this character is what works best. But we'll see what happens. Um, I just always thought he looked ridiculous with the with the with the fedora. And yeah, the, it's and the it's coat. it's it's a tough look. It's a tough look. You know, I think the first time I experienced this character, I was playing a video game. I can't remember which. Is one it was. Uh, Shattered Dimensions or is it? Yeah, Web I think of... it was Shattered. Yeah, Dimensions. yeah. It, it was. I think that game had a sequel or it was. Yeah, like Web of Shadows or yeah, Shattered yeah. Dimensions. I think it was Shattered Dimensions. I don't think it was he. Was, Web of Shadows, I believe. Yeah, I don't think he was in Web of Shadows. It was Shattered Dimensions, but uh, you know, it was kind of cool to play him as the character. But um, we'll see. I just. Again, why? Why would you do this? I'd rather get a, a more true blue Spider-Man cartoon, but I think they have one of those uh, for kids already that uh, you know has has actually been getting some pretty famous people. I think John Stamos is voicing somebody or whatever. But is he really? I, oh, shout out to John Stamos. I, I, yeah, I think he's part of that cartoon somewhere. I, I forget what the name. Is. Spider-Man is Amazing Friends or something. That is. Oh like yeah, yeah. Friends. It's uh yeah. There's all the other characters pop up. It's like Peter. It's Miles. It's Gwen. Yeah, I believe yeah, Noir is showing up, and and they get people. some pretty big names in there. So yeah, they do. That's good for them. Also, uh, Donald Glover will be back in the Spider-Man world, but uh, this is a little bit different. He's going to be dabbling in the Sony ver- uh, side of the MCU. Uh, he's going to be directing, producing a movie on the villain Hypno Hustler. Yeah, so, interesting. I don't know anything about this guy. Uh, this I, goes back to the uh, El Muerto stuff, right? This is like yeah. the same thing. It feels like Bad Bunny. Yeah, really strange. I mean, I like Donald Glover, aka Childish Gambino. I love him. I just don't understand. This one I really don't understand. I'm like, what? What are we doing? Like, why can't I just get a Prowler movie? Right, like just give us Prowler, just be the Prowler. Yeah, I just rather we get Prowler. Like uh, apparently, Hypno Hustler debuted in Peter Parker: The Spectacular Spider-Man number twenty-four, nineteen seventy-eight. Um, I I don't even think I've seen. I, I probably haven't seen him since. I I, I, I don't think. Yeah, I, I, I think that's the only thing I can think about. And it's it's weird how Sony's just picking up random villains and making movies about them. Like this is just a random villain. That's it. It's random. Random villain with a pretty decently known talent. And uh, yeah, just go. I would imagine it. they own the rights to Prowler. Why can't they just do that? I, I, that's what I, I, that's the direction I thought they would go with because they tease him in Homecoming being yeah. Prowler. They tease a lot in Homecoming that hasn't come true, though. And that's true. They've teased a lot in Homecoming that hasn't come true. But then with the whole Spider Verse and, you know, people being like, is this, you know, are all these characters like now that we see that there's like a Spidey Noir? 
right? Drawn from Spider-Verse. It's probably not that version, like we said, but it's still the recognition of the character. So why not? The Prowler is a big part of that first Spider-Verse movie. Why not make a live action Prowler with Donald Glover, like you said, in Homecoming? So it's it's very bizarre to me. Yeah. Um, and I don't know what the greater. appeal is going to be. Like, I don't know what the appeal for this character is going to be. Is it just going to be Donald Glover's movie? Like, I don't know if that's enough pull. I mean, at least with El Morto, like Bad Bunny's huge. So people see that because it's Bad Bunny, I think, right? But for this project, I can't, I, I don't see what the appeal is to get people. You don't think Donald Glover is bigger than Bad Bunny? I don't know. Today, I mean, at this you, moment in the time, music and the acting, you don't think so? At okay. this moment in time, dude, because Bad Bunny had a hell of a year, man. I mean, he was selling out football stadiums. Like, it's crazy. Like, I don't know. Wow. Okay. He might be at this moment. Like, you would have told me two years ago, I would have probably told you Glover. But today, I I might say Bad Bunny is bigger. I don't know. Okay. All right. Well, you you definitely have. We'll sample some teenagers. We'll sample some teenagers. It's going to be an Italian for Coalition Spidey experiment. Us three will go to a random place. And you'll just have two boxes that says Donald Glover or Bad Bunny, and people just have to check a box. People have no idea. Who's bigger? What have no clue. What? Who's Bad Bunny? Who's Bad Bunny? Anyway. Is that an Speaking animal? of things that uh, almost came out of Homecoming, we almost had a different vulture. That and apparently, true. John Leguizamo was set to play the vulture until the last minute when Michael Keaton decided he wanted the rollback, and uh, Marvel slash Disney you know, was like, hey, look, and... Uh, you mind if we uh, we went with Keaton and uh, Leguizamo? You know, he, he was not happy about it. Uh, he kind of admits that he probably should have said no, but he said yes. And I don't necessarily feel bad because I love the Keaton take on the Vulture. Because it's Keaton, yeah, yeah. But um, I've I've actually enjoyed Leguizamo's take on the Riddler in the Batman: The Audio Adventures. And I know they're two different mediums, but he sounds like he could play a pretty good villain. Um, I'd be willing to see. John Leguizamo take on a comic book character, especially a villain. I don't know about you, but oh, I am happy with what we got, but I, I don't think he would have done a bad job. I would love him to take over some character. He's pretty good in the menu that just came out. He's in mm. that film. He's very good in there. He plays like a fun version of himself. Um, but while I agree, I think he could have done a good job as the vulture. Cause he definitely has that talent in him as an actor. Um, I, I am, I am glad we got Mr. Keaton cause he's still Keaton's vulture to me is still a top a top MCU villain um, in terms of performance and character. And then Michael Keaton. I mean, how, how are you going to say, how are you going to, he knows he probably should have said no, but come on, man. When Michael Keaton's involved, you just got to say, yeah, you know what I mean? And yeah. I don't blame Marvel for being like, yeah, he, he kind of didn't want it, but now he does. So we're going to give it back to him because it's Michael Keaton. And uh, yeah, it's, it, it kind of feels a little bit like uh, the, the, what Warner brothers did with Robin Williams back in the day. Like they kind of used him a little bit in 89 to get Nicholson really on board. And then they kind of did the same thing again in 95 when they got Jim Carrey. So yeah, now, this isn't the first time we heard about things and we all know movie studios can be shady places. Oh so. yeah. They can, they'll do it. I, I don't necessarily blame Marvel. I mean, I think Keaton is a bigger name then uh then linguizamo and that's this is before the keaton tour <laughs> yeah you know the resurgence was, tour so right i before. still think at that point he's still a bigger name um yeah uh, dude it, it you know that vulture comes out in a point in time where everyone criticized the mcu villains like that was the biggest negative of the marvel films was the villains up until uh, i believe homecoming i don't know what yeah. came before after that i mean who knows when did i don't remember when black panther came out you know, Killmonger's definitely up there. It was there. after, yeah. It was okay, after. but uh, chronologically, like, I'm sure there might have been something I missed. But, yeah, like, a lot of people, like, look at Homecoming. Like, yeah, that, that's kind of the movie that turned the MCU villains where they became a little bit more powerful and yeah. not so much throwaways as uh, as they were in the past. But it's hard, it's hard to argue. Like, oh, man, Keaton. That, guy's, that, guy, that guy can do some magic. He really oh, can. yeah, absolutely. Especially these last, you know, five, six years or so. I mean, he's been on a hot streak in terms of all the projects he's yeah. doing. And then he gets to come be Batman again, which will be awesome. So the last bit of news, actually, we're going to go back to uh, the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man verse. Slash Film posted an exclusive article saying that uh, Spider-Man 4 would have featured the Vulture's daughter taking over the Daily Bugle. Um it's just a shame we never got to see anything really of this. Isn't it funny how right? like every time it's, we do this, yeah. there's just a little more. bit of Raimi four news that makes us all sad. Yeah, it's like we all wanted it, man. Like it's it's ah, it's almost the. I feel like in terms of comic book movies, it is now surpassed 
Superman Lives as the most wanted unrated movie of all time, right? It's like what could have been. Yeah. Yeah. It was Superman Lives for a long time. I think Spider-Man 4, mostly because Spider-Man 3 was, is okay. It's not horrible. It's not horrible. You know, whereas like the previous Superman movies were pretty bad. Superman 3 and 4 are pretty bad movies overall. But the Raimi movies were never dreadful. Spider-Man 3 is a little off topic. It's a little off kilter, but you know, you you could have you could have made a sequel to that movie and rebounded pretty well. You, know, you could have rebounded from other excellent really well. I love that you brought that up. That you could have rebound, and we have a whole show us three defending Spider Man three. Go listen yeah. to it. It's it's a blast. Um, but you're right. Like they could have rebounded strong, and I think they were going to. I mean, yes, mm-hmm. we've never seen. Yeah, cameras never roll, but some of that digital footage of what the fight was going to look like and some of the stuff having how it was going to be John Malkovich and even seeing that his daughter was now have a massive role and just seeing you black know, cat black cat and seeing Toby and you know Dunst be able to have now kind of a more realized relationship as Peter and MJ um probably dealing with I think the movie could have dealt very cool with the fact that Harry's not around anymore I think you could have done some really cool stuff in that movie. I think Harry's death would, you know, it, it would have been an amazing kind of little arc in itself. The morning yeah. of Harry, you know, yeah. I, I think that could have really taken a toll on Peter. Um, even, you know, po- post black suit as he's you know grieving already. You know, he's probably coming off a lot, but yeah, like man, I'm with you. Like every time there's something about Spider-Man Four that comes out, you're just kind of like, man, I kind of wish I got that bun. one. Way more than uh, Tasm Three. Uh, I I can get by. I never think about Amazing Spider-Man three. I don't either. You know that movie kind of ended on a cliffhanger, right? Like no, it's you. Bring, I never think about it though. It's so funny you bring that up because I remember after No Way Home there was a lot of that whole. Let's bring Garfield back to Hasm three, and I was like, I don't yeah, guys okay. like I don't where, know where were you guys in twenty twelve? Like I don't <laughs> right. First of all, where are you all in twenty twelve? Because me, Pete, and Pops were sporting those movies, but y'all weren't until it was cool to like Garfield again. Um, it's but amazing what say, a hashtag can do on the internet. It's amazing, but I remember all that Tasm three stuff. I was like, but I don't even know like what story, like with the with, with that world they made. Like I don't know what even story they could do that would be interesting to me. But I'll tell you what I wanted. I said, nah, screw that, save that. Call Raimi and let's let let's let Spidey Four go. Like let's do that one because that had a lot more promise, I think, narratively, creatively. So, yep. um, man. And when and when I saw and I know there's some haters out there, but especially after I saw how great of a job I think he did with Doctor Strange Two, um, I'm like, damn, I want Raimi back for Man of Spidey movie with. Uh, yeah, I don't know. They just they feel uh, there's something about the way Raimi directs a movie where it just feels like I love movies that feel like they're on back lots. Yeah. Like that, that really, that, that, that feels like a movie to me. I don't green screen in this. Now this new like HD TV screen they do yeah. is it's cool, but I, I really do appreciate the like on location back lot type feel of a movie. And that's what Raimi delivers. And it, to me, that just feels like, I, I kind of like that like old school Hollywood feel. Yeah. To me. I don't need, like, I know this isn't real. You don't exactly. need to sell yeah, like, it's a movie. Like I get it. It's okay. It doesn't. Like, that's why I don't get hung up on CGI because it's like, well, I know this isn't real to begin with, so who cares? Yeah, right. Um, but I do prefer the backlog look, and uh, Raimi delivered a lot of that in in the especially the first half of Doctor Strange. Where I'm like, oh yeah, I'm like, this feels like a Spider-Man film, right? Like the shots of the city, uh, Doctor Strange interacting, saving people. Like this feels very Spider-Man to me. So I'm with you. Um. I we were going to see what happens with this whole the Flash and Keaton thing because I think if that movie is as big as it is, you have a very good shot at getting Keaton back for a Batman Beyond project. I think you but do also, too. I'm with you. I think it also starts in a whole new way of, and I think Halloween 2018 actually kind of brought this about, kind of paved the way, continuing a series that was long ago. Oh yeah, hey, you know, picking ooh, brother, up picking amen. up where someone left off. The Flash kind of does that. It kind of ignores Forever and Batman and Robin. And it's almost like a, a quasi-sequel to Batman Returns because you're yeah. seeing the continuation of that Batman. And like I said, Halloween 2018 ignores two previous timelines. It, it, entirely. Every other film. Yeah. And it's just a sequel to three timelines, I guess it is. Because you Halloween 2, Rob Zombie, H2O. It might be even more, could be even four. Yeah. <laughs> because of the thorn. But it, it, it ignores all those other movies, continuity timelines, and just is a straight sequel to Halloween 78. 
And I think you could uh, honestly, I think you get Sam Raimi and Toby Maguire back together. And I don't I'm think telling you, blink an eye. it ain't crazy. It ain't crazy. No, no, no it's not. Um, and to be honest, Sony might just do it because I don't even who knows. Who <laughs> so do they got their finger on a lot of triggers? Trust me. I'm very interested if there's a some kind of clause in that Sony Marvel deal where they can only do one Spider-Man at a time. Because remember, there were rumors that that it was either Toby or Andrew were going to be the Spider-Man of the Sony-verse interacting. Yeah, with there was that rumor for a hot sec. People really so we'll thought see. that was a thing. Yeah, may, maybe there's some truth to that where he can't have a solo film, but he can cameo in villains' films. That's why they're angling that way yeah. with these villain movies. So we'll see what happens. Or maybe it's Tom Holland, but apparently Tom Holland's got a contract law. Uh, uh, I don't think Tom Holland has a contract lock. They they have the story for the MCU Spidey Four. They have the story, the treatment's all ready to go. I believe they just got to uh, uh, get some actors to, to uh, sign some contracts, and then they'll be able to begin production. One other thing too, I wanted to bring up on that Holland topic because I know we we yeah. we we went through the news here. This was a scoop as well, but I think it's fun to talk about this because I think it's something we agreed. I think needs to happen going forward. Is um, there's a lot of talk and speculation that in Avengers King Dynasty, the lead character will be Tom Holland Spider-Man, which I think at that point with who's left in the MCU, don't you think that's kind of how it should be? Yeah. Uh, you know, they, they definitely did the passing of the torch. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. To see. I, I, I've said that the biggest problem with the MCU at this moment in time is they have no headliner. Exactly. Uh, you know, about a month ago, Spider-Man was in question. Uh, Black Panther has obviously passed. Chadwick Boseman is no longer with us, and they're you know I'm I'm interested to see how the uh, the GA and everyone reacts to Sam Wilson as Captain America. You yeah. don't have Iron Man anymore. I don't know if Thor is as big of a hit as everyone makes it. No. I, I just don't know. If, I think Thor's lost a little bit. So do I. I think Thor's lost a little bit, and uh, they're trying to reinvent him on the fly, and I don't know if it's necessarily working. Um, but I'm I'm thinking that Marvel is really just sitting, and you don't know what's going to happen with this Deadpool movie. No, that's going to be yeah. I don't know either. I know they're saying all the things right out of Reynolds' camp, but you don't know what's really going to happen. It is, it is a Disney affair, so I got to see it to believe it. So I think Marvel's really holding on tight to the X Men, and when, when they get to like Defcon one, yeah, it's, when they're they in dire need, guys, yeah, they have they have Wolverine, Cyclops, Jean Grey. They have an entire, you know. Uh, section of characters and stories to pick from that could carry them for the next 20 years amen the x-men alone can carry them for 20 years oh my gosh yeah, the, yeah i mean with, with those stories and how powerful they could be i mean you you saw what they did with fox i, I imagine marvel can do twice as good you know i would agree so, you know i i think they're really holding on tight today because i don't think they're fantastic for a headliner no not at, at this all. moment I, in time no, because I I think people just associate Fantastic Four with bad movies. Yeah. So now if if the new one's good and really well received, I think I mean they could develop become, them like they developed yeah. Thor, totally. I think they could become like for their second outing or in a team up film being a big selling point. But you're right. I, I, I think they need a really, really, really good film to come out first that's really well received all around and well received by the fans to to really put them to headliner status. But I think and they Blade. could. I think they could and I think they should. I'm actually shocked they're waiting this long to put them out still. I think they should have been yeah. um I think they should have been front and center already. In, and in, we'll see where Blade in, can in this go. Face. You know yeah, Blade because uh, Blade with Leslie Snipes, at least the first two movies were really big. Oh, dude, um, they're dope. And again, like that's another thing. Like that's a that is a very violent character. Yeah, so, very. I want to see what Marvel and Disney can do. Oddly enough, the original Blade series was uh, made by New Line, which is a Warner Brothers company. Here we are. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Very funny. <laughs> the same company that made Shazam made Blade. For made Blade. Gosh, back this in is the hysterical. day. Think about that. Back when movies were licensed out before people freaked out about Back when movies. anyone could put out anything, right? Oh, God. Except <laughs> for Justice League Mortal and George Miller. Yeah, except that one. That one is... is, is... Bye-bye. Wow. That's it. Hey, this is great. I had a blast doing Dude, this. We got to do this together. We got to get your old man back on. We will. We'll do it this ASAP. I'm going to talk to him. He was very upset he couldn't be here today. You really wanted he, to he's share He's probably really – I don't think your father likes talking about bad comic books. So the, the, No, dude, he would – he was like – he. he's actually the first one. So he read this all before I did, and he texted me, and he's like – all he said was awful. That was all yeah, the thing you were – so he, he would have teed off like us, but he would have been probably sure of his words and just said – this was terrible. I have nothing to say. I, I'd love to pick his brain a little bit, just as the old school as sure. a veteran. You sure. know, uh, 
because he's lived through it all. Yeah, he lived. You know, he lived through the clone conspiracy. Uh, the, the what is it called? I can't remember. The Clone uh, Saga. He's lived the through the Clone it all. Saga, which I love for its completely nineties, for just, its craziness. Yeah, just bobbled messiness. But he's lived through it all. Uh, plug away. Yeah, you can find me everywhere at Nico Caruso, Twitter, Instagram, Letterbox, and Nico Knows Film on TikTok. Uh, by the time you hear this, the Oscars will happen. So I'm talking about a lot of that and film stuff on TikTok. Um, and then just go to my Twitter. I do other shows, do some other stuff, and um, come talk to me. Come talk webhead stuff with me. It's going to be great, Pete. Always a pleasure. No, it's great. I love doing this. Uh, you can follow me on social media. That's Twitter, Instagram, Mastodon, Zack Snyder's favorite platform, Vero, at Pete Illustrated. If you're a big Hasbullah fan, because I know you all are <laughs> in the Hasbula. United States, follow my Instagram page, the largest Instagram page based out of the state of New Jersey, dedicated to Hasbullah. Um, check out my news-based podcast that I co-host with the uh, champion of Long Island, Eric Holzman, at straight underscore O underscore G on Instagram and Twitter. That's straight out of Gotham. We have a Facebook group and a Facebook fan page. Nico is a member of both. Consider joining. A lot of great discussion in there where we mm-hmm. talk about not only Spider-Man, but everything else in between. Um, make sure you're following this podcast that you're listening to right now, the Italian Spider-Man Coalition podcast. It's on Twitter, at Italians for Spidey. I'm having a lot of fun with that Team Yellow Oval. Mm-hmm. Keaton's back. The Oval's back. I've already bought every piece of merch they have for this movie. Yeah. I, except for the Flash statue. I didn't buy that. But everything else that's for sale, I picked up. Anything that's got that Oval and Keaton, I'm buying. Like, I'm going to spend he's money. pumping it. I love it. Team Yellow Oval. Um, yeah. yeah. Check yeah. me out at BatmanFilm.com. I've got comic book reviews and toy reviews and movie reviews. Check me out on Batman Film YouTube. I've got video toy reviews and other stuff, bookends and all that good jazz over there. Um, check me. I've got some episodes of Batman Animation. Um, I'm monthly at the Batman Book Club with Ryan Lauer, yes. where we discuss all the Batman books published every month. So check that out. And once again, thank you for listening to the Italian Spider-Man Coalition podcast. We are a proud member of the Batman Podcast Network, hosted by Batman on film. And remember, with great sauce comes great macaroni. Until next time. Yeet! Get away with me, I love it. Eat.